Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Mejita Talks. I'm your host, Sherry Altergat, the Chief Experience Officer at the CX Edge. Today, I have a special treat for you. We actually have two guests with us for this episode. We have Jeff Storr, President of Conveyor and Caster Equipment for Industry, as well as Tyler Storr, who is the Director of Technical Sales. Welcome, both of you. Well, thank you, Sherry. Thanks for having us. Excited to be here. Yeah, thank you for making the time. And I always love having um, multiple people on the same episode because I think it adds some variety. But I also love having people from different generations on the same episode for the same reason. I think there's a lot of variety in that. So I'm really excited to jump into our conversation today. Um, if you've seen Mahita Talks before, I always like to start our episodes just getting to know our guests a little bit better. So Jeff, I was hope, hoping you could talk to us a little bit more about Conveyor and Caster Equipment for Industry Company and what you guys do, what you guys are all about. Well, thank you, Sherry. So we're a third generation material handling uh, equipment and solution provider. We uh, were founded in 1961 by my grandfather. Um, my father ran the business for most of uh, most of the tenure. My grandfather died early in, in the evolution. Um, and so my dad took over three years into the business. My brother and I uh, joined over the last 30 plus years and we bought our father out in 2004. And officially, um, I'm the CEO, uh, not the president, Trevor's the president. So just a small correction to that, but we, uh, we're 50-50 partners and we have uh, joint responsibilities as well as uh, separate focuses in our business. And being CEO and president kind of made us interchangeable to our employees, to our customers and to our vendor partners. So that's kind of how we run it. Um, we're a storage and handling um, solution provider that we really pride ourselves in improving material flow and safety for our customers. And uh, I'm excited to share Tyler, who's sitting next to me, uh, as part of the fourth generation, along with his brother, Travis. Um, they're they're kind of the future leadership of the, the business. So I'm very excited to take it to the fourth generation. That's amazing. And I really, truly love hearing those types of stories. I think they're fewer and farther between these days than they used to be. And to see such a strong business really building up that next generation of leaders is very impressive. So thank you for sharing that with us. I was hoping to get a little bit in and maybe Jeff, you can kick us off with, I'm always curious how people got started in this business, but I think for you, the story makes a little bit more sense because of being a third generation company owner. So I always joke that most people don't wake up thinking they're you know, going to work in the material handling industry, but you might have had those thoughts from a young age. So how did you decide to really commit to this business? Sure. So um, being in a family business, it's always around. I, you know, started when I was probably in, in, in kindergarten, first grade, putting bearings and wheels. And I remember my first paycheck was $4.50. I got a penny a wheel for uh, producing um, what my dad probably made a dollar a wheel on. But um, regardless, uh, our father, Trevor's my father, uh, Tyler's grandfather's philosophy was, you know, we've got a family business opportunity. We can shape our own future. 
but you got to make sure you want it and you want you have to make sure it's it's right for you so i'd really prefer the two of you being my brother and i go out in the real world get a job kind of make your own way and make sure you want to be part of the family business um so it's it's an unwritten but uh, very well uh, enforced rule in our family business that you have to go out and prove prove yourself first. So I worked for Parker Hannafin for four years as a technical sales representative. I have an engineering background, uh, which fit really well into all the different things that Parker Hannafin, uh, World Leader in Fluid Power, and then Mary Castor do. And so uh, my brother Trevor worked for Shell Oil as uh, sales and marketing. Um, so brought that different experience. And then, uh, you know, I realized that I wanted more control over my future. So uh, joining the family business uh, gave me an opportunity to grow something for myself, for my family and for our employees. That's great. And Tyler, I'm assuming that rule probably applied to you as well. Uh, yes, it did. Uh, I kind of had the same upbringing as my dad. Uh, I was building casters back in the shop when I was very little. Uh, worked there a little bit through high school uh, before I get some other jobs and then went off to college. Came back, worked one summer there, uh, but kind of always had the material handling industry in mind because I went into college studying supply chain management. Uh, but from there, knowing the role you have to be outside of the company, uh, I try to find the best fit for me and the best fit. I've always wanted to come to the, back to the company. So the best fit of what I can learn uh, very quickly and very fast in that industry. So that's where I just decided to go and work for Amazon for four years or four and a half years uh, to try and get the most knowledge I can about the products that we sell and what it's like being an end user. That's such a fantastic rule that you have. I, I think that's really commendable and, and that's awesome to hear. Now, did your dad pay you more than a dollar, a penny a wheel though, when you were working at a young age? It, I, it got up a, a lot higher than a penny wheel. Is that like 10 cents or 20 cents a wheel? <laughs> a lot better than that. <laughs> Either way, I was paying him. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> yeah. You know, if I gave him a little bit more in a paycheck, it meant I wasn't giving him a little bit more, you know, for his social life. So it, it all yeah. it all came out of the same pocket. <laughs> that makes sense. So Tyler, I'm interested, and we're going to focus our conversation today a little bit more on automation. We'll talk about it at the end of the podcast. You guys are going to be hosting the automation forum for Mejita coming up in October. Um, so Tyler, just to kind of kick it off and you had mentioned working at Amazon for four and a half years and now being back at Conveyor and Caster, kind of working on both sides of the supply chain of being a user as well as being a supplier. Um, what do you kind of, what have you learned really on working both sides of the industry? Uh, so starting at Amazon, uh, I really understood of where that engineering design side comes into the actual day-to-day -day operations uh, and we in 2020 i joined a team that launched a brand new uh robotics site down in columbus and there was a lot of issues when we went to go launch that site um so i kind of learned 
from the design and from the drawing side, uh, seeing what they had planned and then seeing it in person, realizing that what they wanted and what they designed doesn't fully work. Uh, there's a lot of challenges in that, and you have to. I realize you got to work very closely with the end user, uh, or very closely with the operators and people working in the operation, because they can see a lot of things that you might have not thought of. Uh, yeah. But we had a Amazon has a rule that you cannot change anything in the building after launch for 90 days. So whatever is designed and whatever is there. Uh, whatever layout they have, you have to use that for the 90 days. So you're forced to use what engineering uh, pictured and what the design was meant to be, which also kind of helped me realize that maybe we did it this way and sometimes there's a better way to do it. Uh, but it also can really teach you what you're looking at when you look at the design, when you look at the drawing and how it can be different when you actually have a person working in the area running the operation uh, mm -hmm. but now coming here i can kind of take what i learned and being an end user and uh seeing all the different systems i can take what i learned there to try and bring it in with our engineering team here uh, to work on designing better systems that maybe have less issues during startup we don't have to change a lot more uh less downtime for our end users uh, and just a lot easier kind of integration to what they're doing and understanding how much time they need uh, or how much time we don't want to take away from their operation uh, to keep them running, hopefully reduce ROI times, things like that. Now, have you used uh, the 90 day rule is interesting and I, I had not heard that before. Do you use something similar to that in your current role at Conveyor and Caster? Um, we haven't fully implemented anything like that yet. Uh, we've definitely, working with a customer, uh, when we put it in a new system, try and teach them the way that we designed it, the way that we showed them, uh, it would work and walk them through their processes with our new system to help them understand. Um, but we don't really have a specific rule that hey, keep this running for this this way for 90 days, figure out what works and what doesn't, and then change it. Um, but it could be something to help them understand the design behind things and the reason behind things. Yeah, I mean, even just kind of using that principle, whether it's 90 days or 30 days or whatever the time period is, but just that kind of understanding of, of let it work how it's supposed to work and then you know make changes i, I think that's fantastic um this one i'm going to open up to whoever wants to answer is and kind of staying in along the lines of automation you know in terms of technology advancements you know anymore it feels like it's changing you know every day or, or every other day what do you believe are the biggest market drivers that are impacting supply chain companies today I'll start. Um, I think uh, that the climate changed dramatically with COVID and um, worker crisis shortage. Um, the rapid expansion of e-commerce and distribution centers um, and, and in manufacturing, uh, the, the, the lack of labor just really raised the, the issue that, that hiring and keeping employees and getting people to do redundant jobs 
it's um, it's going to be harder and harder in the future. So what can fill that gap? Automation, robotics. Um, you know, I think the the efficiencies um, had to just grow exponentially over the COVID period. So uh, really kind of opened everybody's eyes to automation and, and, and you know integrating robotics and different things. And uh, Tyler and I were discussing this a little bit. You know, um, the geopolitical climate too, um, you know, the world's got all kinds of things going on and uh, the supply chains around the world are changing based on things in Russia, Ukraine, China, Europe. And uh, with that, I think people want to bring their supply chains closer and, and you know, onshore and what that is going to take because we, we only have a finite amount of labor pool is automation and, and upgrading people's manufacturing and distribution capabilities are at the forefront of it. Yeah, I completely agree. I think, you know, COVID today seems like, sometimes it seems like it was a thousand years ago, you know, even though it was only a few. And since we've come out of it, I think it really elevated the need for automation and integrating automation. It kind of sped it up a number of years and I think it organically would have without COVID. So kind of staying on the topic of automation and robotics, you had mentioned when we really look at technologies that are coming up and either maybe a new technology or one that you're going to see in the very near future, what technologies do you think are going to impact the supply chain the most over the next few years? One of the big technologies that's already out there uh, that I don't think has been wildly adopted by companies that aren't Fortune 500 or massive uh, kind of supply chain distribution companies is an AMR or like a cobot. Uh, I think that's going to be really big for a lot of companies and helping them advance. Uh, Tell her what an AMR is. An AMR is autonomous or autonomous mobile robot. So it can integrate into a normal warehouse uh, and move pallets around, move product around to, uh, I guess, cages or carts. Uh, into stations or just into locations. Uh, and for a lot of companies, you can integrate AMRs without having to make a major investment or change your processes or change your your building layout. Uh, you can simply put an AMR in to start moving pallets around instead of having a fourth lift driver move pallet around. Uh, and it can be really beneficial for a lot of companies to integrate that without having to make massive investments. So I see that as a major technology over the next coming years, uh, with more and more people integrating that as a start for getting into automation and reducing their labor, or maybe taking that person and putting them into a more value-added role rather than driving a pallet around. So what do you think that uh, that technology hasn't been as widely adopted as of yet? From what we've seen, I think people are still scared. Uh, they see robots and they don't understand them. They don't know. Them. Uh, I think there's still a feeling that one robot is massively expensive. And I don't think that's the case anymore. Uh, so it's trying to make them understand what kind of return they can get from putting in these robots and changing some of their processes. 
but I still think somebody hears robots and somebody thinks millions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. We also have a generation that grew up on Terminator. So I think that people <laughs> are afraid of some of that. But everybody's afraid of something new. And I, I think dollars has a lot to do with it. Um, you know, and as the technology keeps getting better, things have gotten a lot less expensive um, than they had been in the past. So it's just kind of keeping with it. And it's been proven that some of those first adopters really have accelerated their business by doing that. So I think that's that's a great point. Um, what advice would you have for material handling companies that are looking to expand their automation solutions? Well, I think it... Uh goes without saying, join an organization like Mahita. Um, <laughs> Mahita was looked at for years as a industrial truck or forklift kind of networking educational forum group. And Mahita, as a leader uh, in the material handling distribution arena, is, is very focused now on expanding the storage handling integration parts of their education, their programming which falls right in line with the automation forum coming to Cleveland, October 12th. Um, and, and really it's about educating our members and fellow distributors about some ways to get into this space, why you should get into this space. Um, and to, to Kamara Caster Equipment for Industry, it's all about being relevant and, and being a solution for our, our great customers and partners out there we have to keep adding value and, and helping them understand technologies and, and uh, products, solutions that can make them more efficient, can help them you know, utilize uh, labor and maximize efficiencies and safeties, safety of their facilities better. So, um, you know, starting with being involved with great organizations like Mahita and then educating yourselves, hiring the right people, hiring young people, it's not, you know, Tyler and his brother grew up, you know, much more better at video games than I did. And, and I, I really was frustrated by them doing that at times, but it, you know, helped them understand the role technology is going to play in our future. And so we've got to keep, keep these young people and, and people that want to learn. It doesn't just have to be young people, um, but uh, hiring the right people for, for these organizations that, that want to grow and, and, and help bring solutions to customers is what it's all about. Yeah, and I think for for some some of the other companies that aren't fully ready to take the leap of hiring some people or uh, just jumping right into it, but wanna kind of dip their toes, I would say, uh, one of the best advice that we got was finding the right partners. Uh, so working with a company that has the expertise that you don't have, and maybe in robotics, maybe in conveyors, whatever it might be, uh, controls, things like that. Finding that partner that can add value to what you do and what you offer your customers, but also for them, maybe they're not experts in racking, maybe they're not experts in other aspects of material handling, and you can provide them your expertise in that area to add value to their customers. So it's really a strategic partnership where you guys are both working together, but finding the right people to work with in that aspect really helps you get further into these type of projects and uh, this realm without trying to make a big investment into people and things like that. Yeah, Tyler makes a good point. That's one of the things that 
Mahita has done for us. That we're dipping our toe into certain parts of automation and integration, and um, parts of it we're pretty good at, parts of it we're learning. We're reaching out to other Mahita members to, to, to help us on the journey. So, Jeff, I'm interested in how you, you mentioned you're dipping your toe in now, but how did those conversations start at Conveyor and Castor? And was there resistance to even dipping your toe in the automation world at all? So, um, probably the biggest driver, yeah, it, uh, Ty said, is our customers. You know, our customers are demanding uh, that. They work with companies that are giving them the latest technology and opportunity to improve efficiencies. So they're they're basically saying if we want to be relevant in their supply chain, uh, in, in their partner organization, you know, as a, a vendor partner, we better be adding value and giving them ideas. So it started, you know, in the last 10 years, really amped up in the last five. And then Tyler joining us, um, you know, two years ago, he he's really focused on what we need. Um, he and our, our technical team are working with different vendor partners, other other uh, companies to really figure out what we can offer to our customers. So it started with customers, but it really has to do with if you want to be strategically involved in the supply chain long term, you better add value. And, and that's why we got into it. Great. Well, Thank you for sharing that with me. And I'm not sure how many episodes of Mahita Talks you've watched already, but are you familiar with our lightning round? I'm not. But I'm not right okay. So this is a very exciting part of the podcast. I have 10 questions that I'm going to ask you. We're going to start with Jeff and then Tyler, you'll answer, and then Tyler, you'll answer, and then Jeff will go, but on the same question. Um, this is just our way of getting to know you guys a little bit better. I think it's what's so great about the Mahita community. Um, and we always learn a little something from these. So if you guys are ready to enter the lightning round, I'm sure ready. Sounds good. All right. I, I like to start off easy. We work our way to the harder questions. In which subject were you worst at in school? I'll go. Uh, English. I um, uh, really struggled writing poems and, and different things and uh, had to partner with uh, other people in, uh, at school to help me get through some, some parts of college. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. All right. That's fair. Tyler, how about you? Um, so I was really good with numbers and problem solving, but I just was always a slow reader. I could just could not get through reading. <laughs> so the English thing runs in the family. Um, Except that mom is uh, a teacher, retired after 35 years this year, and uh, she she was good at proofreading the boys and um, oh, yeah. help, helping with English because she taught sixth grade English and math. So that's good. That's a good yeah. resource to have. Um, knowing that you both kind of grew up in the material handling industry, but when you were a small child, Tyler, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, honestly, I think my dad might 
agree with me. I was always looking at the company. I always enjoyed going into the to the business and seeing things going on. Uh, I mean, truly, I thought if it was something crazy, it'd be like a professional skier or something like that. But I, when I was little, I always wanted to go into the company. That's true. His older brother um, never had an interest in, in joining the company, uh, made it pretty known to our family. And he um, he is uh, 31. He has uh, got his MBA from uh, Ohio State Fisher School, and he is a supply chain consultant for Deloitte. So he's sort of in the business, but he's yeah, not he, in our business. And he thinks know, he's smarter. He thinks he's smarter than us, but we, we beg to differ on the, the material handling supply chain stuff. It finds a way to catch up with you, no matter yeah. what. Find exactly. Jeff, how about you? Was there something you really wanted to be when you grew up? When yeah, you were a small I, child? Um, I mean, it really, because it was from the day I was born, I, uh, I knew I wanted to do something in sales. Um, I'm a people person. And, um, you know, I, I was pretty sure going all the way through uh, junior high, high school, college, for sure, that I knew the path was our material handling business. Um, and I actually uh, switched majors freshman year from marketing to manufacturing engineering, knowing that uh, having a technical degree would really help me uh, throughout my career, even in sales. So we're homegrown. Hey, Jeff. Where would you go if you were invisible? I would go to the top of a mountain um, and, and ski down in powder in the Canadian Rockies. And I don't know why I have to be invisible to do that. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. Tyler, how about you? Uh, honestly, I just try and sneak into like any concert or any sporting event that I'm nearby, just go to every single one I can. Yeah, that or one you do need to be in this one. <laughs> All right, Tyler, what's the first thing you notice about somebody when you first meet them? I would say their stance, like or the way they're they kind of look at you, uh, because working in Amazon, working with people, kind of says a lot about what they're feeling. Jeff, how about you? Yeah, I, I want to make eye contact. I, I uh, really learned in an early age, you know, look in the eye and, and shake their hand firm. And, and, you know, if you don't get it in return, you might not be able to trust that person. So I would say making eye contact. Yeah. All right, Jeff, what's one food you could never give up? That's a good one. Um, I would uh, I would have to say filet, love filet mignon. <laughs> Tyler, how about you? Honestly, very similar. I love red meat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tyler, would you want to live forever? I think so. I I can occupy my time pretty easily. I'm very easily entertained, so I think I could past the years very easily, be curious what the the future looks like, and can I drive a flying car at some point? <laughs> Jeff, how about you? I, um, you know, the older I get, the more I don't 
want to live forever, but I want to live a healthy life. And um, I'm really uh, being blessed with a family business. I want to create generational, uh, you know, wealth and, and just, um, uh, you know, create something special for my family for generations to come. So it's not about wealth. It's, a, it's about creating a, a, a tight-knit, caring family. And that's really how our whole business is with all of our employees. But no, I don't. I don't need to live forever to do that. I want to turn it over to these guys and let them take it to new heights. And then if Tyler lives forever, you don't have to worry about the future generation. Exactly. Running, it's his right? problem to worry about. <laughs> All right, Jeff, what movie can you watch over and over again without getting sick of it? Top Gun. And I really like Top Gun Maverick. The original one, I'm assuming. I do. I love the original one, and I thought they did a phenomenal job with the the, the remake. You know, 30 years later. So, um, both those movies, I I saw Top Gun Maverick three times in the movie theater because I just really en enjoy and get charged out of that. So, Tyler, how about you? Um, it's just one movie I really liked. Uh. <laughs> I always liked the Marvel movies, but I always loved Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> All right, Tyler, what's your hidden talent? Oh, wow. I don't really have any crazy hidden talents. <laughs> uh, I can make a cricket noise with my mouth, like a real cricket noise. <laughs> well, now you have to do it for us. <laughs> like we have to hear that. I, I couldn't hear it, but I'll believe, I'll take your uh, word word for it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> My dad can hear. I think the speaker might struggle. Uh, Jeff, how about you? Do you got a hidden talent for us? You know, I, I just think it's reading people and um, uh, keeping people um, happy and and uh, in a positive uh, environment mode. You know, keep get bringing the best out of people is. is my hidden talent. That's a CEO or sponsor thing. <laughs> well, that's that's half my job. Um, all right, we're gonna end on this one. Jeff, if you were a ghost and could possess people, what would you make them do? Whatever I say, because uh, well, yeah. So, um, that's an interesting question. Yeah, I'm struggling. I go. All right, can he go first? Right. <laughs> that one snuck up on me. Uh, at home, I, I hate cleaning. I hate doing chores, so I'd make them do all that for me. Nice. I like that's a solid answer. <laughs> well, I, I'm married 34 years. I, I would uh, love to make Karen see it my way 95% of the time instead of 25% <laughs> of the time. But it makes uh, our relationship stronger, so yeah. <laughs> all right guys well thank you you made it through the lightning round with flying colors congratulations um i just want to end a little bit on talking about the automation forum you guys are in westlake ohio correct, correct. and the forum's going to be held at your facility on october 12th jeff can you just give us a few more details about it and maybe how people can register if they'd like to attend and what they could see yeah, absolutely. Um, 
have a little cheat sheet on it because I didn't want to miss some of the key details. But this really is for Mahita uh, partners that want to learn about automation and integration and, and some of what it takes to get into this space, some of what customers are looking for. So we've got a full day. Uh, Westlake, by the way, is a suburb of Cleveland. We're um, about 10 miles from downtown Cleveland, uh, just off I-90, one of the main thoroughfares, and a quick Uber ride from the airport, about 20 minutes. We're, um, we're going to have a very, very eventful day. We've got um, one of our own members and, and Mahita board members, Darren Boyd from Advanced Equipment Company, kind of emceeing the event. He is uh, an integrator in, in uh, the Carolinas, and uh, so he's going to he's going to open it up, and then we turn it over to another Mahita member, Zion, who um, Zion Solutions is a uh, a company that uh, is fully in the integration automation space as a Mahita uh, distributor. So they're providing robotic solutions, conveyor solutions to their customers. So we're going to learn the capabilities required to be an integrator from uh, from a member of the Zion team. We've got uh, a vendor partner, uh, Stowe, coming in to uh, talk about, from a manufacturer perspective, some of the um, automated solutions out there. And they do pallet shuttles and robotics. Um, we've got Another manufacturing partner that makes automated solutions, Stanley Lidmar, uh, uh, they're going to talk about the benefits of uh, adding ELMs, uh, vertical lift modules, in automating uh, manufacturing and picking solutions. Um, we've got a special guest, Mitch Smith um, from Hytrol Conveyor, who's, who worked for one of the bigger integrators in the country, Bastion Solutions, for 20-some years. And now he's the chief revenue officer for Hytrol Conveyor. And he's going to talk from a manufacturer's perspective about what going into um, from a material handling distributor, storage handling into integration takes, which would be great. Um, got another uh, customer perspective from TRG Solutions. And they're, they're a user of, uh, of the LM that we provided, but they're also in the, um, the space of, of uh, robotics as well as pick to light and uh, um, uh, scanning solutions. And then we, uh, our building's kind of uniquely qualified to host this event because our building here in Cleveland, we've got um, a hydro automation uh, conveyor in our manufacturing operation. We've got a VLM in our uh, facility. We've got all kinds of uh, Mahita partner demonstrations that we're going to share. So people are going to be able to put their hands right on some some uh, everyday uh, automation solutions. It, it sounds fantastic, and I know I've said this on the podcast before. You know, I always encourage people to go to as many conferences, especially Mahita conferences, as possible. I grew up on the marketing and sales side of the industry, 
but I went to the parts and service conferences. I went to the automation conferences. I went to the rental and used conferences. So even if your job isn't maybe even directly impacted in the automation space, you can always benefit from learning more about the industry in the space, especially if you're just starting off or trying to get into a new area of the business. Um, it's one of the easiest ways to learn with some of the best people in the industry. Um, I'm excited to hear how this convention goes. Um, again, it's the Automation Forum. It's October 12th, and the registration link will be available on Mahita's website at mahita.org. Well, thank you both again for spending some time with me today. It was a great conversation, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. Take care. Thank you.